and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about alien implants before and after. That's correct, alien implants before and after. Now, this article comes to us from MUFON.com, and the title is Alien Implant Removals Before and After Effects. Now, we've talked about alien implants on the podcast before because I think there's some of the best evidence that we have that these UFOs and these ET entities, whatever they are, do exist, and that they're having physical reactions and interactions with subjects, people on Earth. People claim that they're abducted, they're returned to their home or wherever, and then later on they notice that they have this implant stuck under their skin and their muscle tissue, whatever. Implants frequently are found to be emitting radio transmissions, and also these these implants are frequently made of metal alloys that we just don't understand. Now, the article begins, it says, several years after the surgical removal of their alleged alien implants, five individuals courageously accepted to take part in an interview to discuss their before and after effects. All persons, one male and four female, shared one thing in common, UFO encounters and contact with non-human alien beings. Dr. Robert, Dr. Roger Lear, a podiatrist from Thousand Oaks, California, founder of FIRST, that's Fund for Interactive Research and Space Technology, and Daryl Sims, a certified hypnotherapist, co-founder of FIRST, and experienced UFO investigator of over 27 years, orchestrated the successful surgeries with a team of comp- competent medical professionals and volunteers. Their first set of implant surgeries took place on August 19, 1995, at Dr. Roger Lear's Podiatry Clinic in Thousand Oaks, California. Now, of course, Dr. Lear has since passed on, and these operations would have taken place well, 28 years ago now. It says Pat Perinelio, a 47-year-old male from Houston, Texas, and Mary Jones, it's a pseudonym, 52, also from Texas, had the anomalous objects appear in x-rays, although both UFO experiencers had no record of previous surgeries. Both individuals were investigated by Daryl Sims of of HUFON, that's Chief Investigator for Houston UFO Network, and referred to Dr. Lear for surgery based on their past UFO encounters and x-rays which confirmed the anonymous objects. Pat's object was removed from the back of his left hand, and Mary's object excised from her left big toe. All services were performed free of charge. Now, I have to think, having that thing in your big toe could not have been comfortable. It says, The alleged implants removed from the first set of surgeries were studied by two different pathologists and then sent to various independent laboratories for extensive scientific analysis. The tests performed on these alleged alien implants were pathology, tissue evaluation, and it goes on, it just a ton of tests that they did on these things. They're just, everything you can think of, the test, the test of metal composition, how these things were made, these guys are doing it. It says, tests were conducted by the National Institute of Discovery of Science, that's NIDS. Now, many of you will recognize that as an organization that I believe was founded by Robert Bigelow. New Mexico Tech, and other independent sources. So they had multiple independent sources look at these things. But that is not all. While these unusual objects were being evaluated for scientific study, another set of implant surgeries took place on May 18, 1996. Two women from the second set of surgeries came forward for this interview and follow-up study. Dorothy O'Hare is a 61-year-old female from Palm Springs, California, and Elise Levy, 40, from Newbury Park, California, each had similar objects removed from their left lower leg. Another woman, Lucia Davison, 37, who has had numerous UFO and alien encounters, had a rare crystalline-like object removed from her foot in January of 1997. So those are the five different individuals of five different cases. 
This last was interesting. A rare crystalline-like object removed from her foot. Normally these things seem to be metal, but not always. The findings of these implant surgeries are highly unusual, reported Dr. Lear. In all these cases, there was virtually no inflammatory response. This is not the usual finding in these foreign tissue reactions. Normally, deep bodies embedded in a tissue result in some type of acute or chronic inflammatory response and may include fibrosis and create formations. Such was not the case here. But naturally, you would think that something that had invaded the body like that, that the body's going to respond to it with an immune response, maybe some kind of scar tissue, something. The pathology reports of the first two surgeries revealed that the metallic objects were encased in a very dense, tough, gray membrane consisting of proteinaceous collagen, hemoceridin, and pure keratin, more simply, blood protein and skin cells that are usually found in the superficial layer of the skin. The tough biological cocoons encasing the implants were also found to contain no nerve proceptors and nerve and pressure cells of the wrong tissue type for that part of the body. These implant, these implant cocoons also, also fluoresced a bright green color in the process of ultraviolet lights in, in the presence of an ultraviolet light source. So whatever put these things there, wrapped them in some sort of cell concoction from humans. First off, they use skin cells from the surface of the skin, buried deep inside the skin. Shouldn't be there. Secondly, there were there was genetic material from different parts of the body mixed in. It's like they used to use some sort of slurry of the person's own DNA to make the body work against itself and encase these implants in some sort of skin-like substance. Even though all of the actual material for that, or the DNA for that, came from some other part of the body. Clearly, this has been manipulated. Second weird thing, that these cocoons that they were encased in fluoresced bright green when you put them under the ultraviolet light source. The implants from two women from the second set of surgeries did not exhibit metallic properties like the implants from the first two set of surgeries. In fact, the spheroid white objects did not did not contain the tough biological outer jackets or fluoresce from UV light source. These types of implants, possibly biological, also lack the expected inflammatory response, according to the pathology reports. The crystalline-like object, excised from the foot in the most recent surgery, also lacked the tough gray outer membrane and had virtually no inflammatory response as in the other implant surgeries. Test results from the first set of implants revealed that the lamellar needle-shaped metal object in question are basically meteoric in origin, containing at least 11 different elements. Wow. It almost seems like these things are evolving and progressing as they go along. The first couple times they had to, put them, they had to wrap them in this skin cocoon, it looks like they derived the DNA from the very victims that they used to create this cocoon with, and DNA from parts of the body that shouldn't have been there naturally. And then they kind of progress on from that to where they're able to just put these things in there, and the body is not able to destroy them or reject them, but they're still able to uh, subdue this inflammatory response without that cocoon. And then finally we have this last one where it says it's crystalline, where it seems like it's just pure... Uh, Mineral, mineral alloy taken from a meteorite. Well, obviously, this lady wasn't just walking along 
the sidewalk someday and struck by a meteorite fragment and not notice it. It says, in an interview with Alien Magazine July 1997, United Kingdom, Daryl Sims commented on the uncommon, non-rejecting human response to the implants. It seems that the dense, fibrous membrane may have been the person's own surface skin. If this is the case, it appears that the metallic objects are wrapped in a sheath of keratinous material. Nerve fiber then surrounded the tissue and appeared to be attached to larger nerves. The fact that both persons from the first set of surgeries objected verbally and physically could be an indication this nerve system of this nerve system connection. Mr. Smith, Mr. Sims believes that indications are very strong that these implants are extraterrestrial in origin, but Mr. Sims concedes whatever the scientists say, who have examined the objects say that is what we will is what we will say. Sims has stated in a scientific peer review of the test done before. More specifics can be released. This is the standard course of action taken in any scientific endeavor. I'm not so sure about that because clearly these things, you, you see what you have. We can't explain it. And it's just too easy for other scientists to come along and say, well, that's not what really happened here. You know, uh, this is some sort of, th this is some sort of uh, natural occurrence. It's the body's own immune system, whatever. So I don't, I don't really agree with Sims that we just have to defer to uh, scientific authorities on this sort of thing. If, as he points out here, the patients um, objected to this. So it's as if these implants are actually overriding the free will of the, the individuals who they've been implanted in. So not only were these folks uh, taken aboard this craft against their will, had experiments and procedures run on them against their will, implanted with a foreign alien implant without their consent. But then, when the surgeon goes to take it out, these folks are struggling and resisting because they're under mind control, clearly, from these implants. That's what it looks like to me. It goes on here a little bit. It says, scientific evaluation is our best ally. Okay, whatever. If the alien abductors are responsible for implanting objects in the bodies of these abductees, then is the aliens then are the aliens cognizant of the fact that the implants have been removed? So the next question was posed. Do you experience any UFO sightings, alien abductions, odd dreams, missing time, or paranormal events just prior to or after the implant surgery within a month? Pat, Pat, per, Pat Perinelio revealed Yes, an unusual set of events took place with another witness involving an orange glowing UFO one evening about a week before the surgery. After the surgery, I noticed that my psychic abilities seemed to decrease. So after she has this thing taken out, she has a UFO encounter. It's like it's checking up on her. And then she says that her psychic abilities have decreased. Both Linda and Alice did not recall any unusual events soon before or after the implant. Mary experienced a rare pain and swelling in her toe and foot about a week before the surgery. At that time, Mary revealed, I knew exactly where the objects were in my foot. I could feel them. Prior to that, Mary had no pain or sensation of that kind in her toe. What was really strange, Mary admitted, was that the, was that the moment I stepped out of the car to meet Daryl Sims just prior to the surgery... My pain stopped. Maybe the thing just gave up and left. The real question one may wonder about is, 
Now that the implants have been removed, will the aliens continue to come back and abduct the abductees? All individuals except Mary Jones were able to answer with a resounding yes. Wow. Alice elaborated on an abduction she had two months after the implant surgery. I retired to bed early due to a headache. My husband awoke at 1 a.m. because the whole bedroom lit up like daylight. He looked at the clock, reached over to touch me, and found that I was gone. Paradoxically, my husband quickly went back to sleep. The next day I felt very ill. I don't recall anything during the night, but I noticed the next day that my dog had nervously clawed several areas in the house as if he were trying to escape something frightening. And to change and as to changes in health, mood, dreams, or psychic phenomena after the surgery, all five agreed as to some type of change. Mary Jones simply stated that she had felt a sense of peace after her object was removed. Dorothy commented, I felt a tremendous sense of relief after the surgery. Lucia remarked, yes, I had a dramatic and intermediate mood lift after the object was removed from my foot. I also stopped having the pain and the weird, watery sensations surrounding my foot. The most striking changes were noted by Dorothy. I had several diuretic effects and lost much water weight a week following the surgery. Then my head and then my health progressively worsened, and I developed angina and edema. The the heart problem was a recurring complication from previous from a previous illness, and I that I had in my late twenties. I also experienced extreme fatigue and could not concentrate. The illness lasted about a month, after which my energy and health returned with more vigor. My creativity and mental clarity improved remarkably. I am a writer. I had a startling improvement in my memory, where I was able to recall a previous alien abduction from 1991. In other words, it was the first time I was able to pierce through a screen memory from an abduction, although it took me three days to process the memory. It was difficult mentally and emotionally. In hindsight, after the implant surgery and recovery from from illness, I felt detoxified. Pat, on the other hand, noticed a more subjective change and said, simply stated, yes, a part of me which, which remains hidden has undergone quite a few changes of paradigm. Kind of have to wonder what he's talking about there. It seems like all these people were under intense psychological pressure to me. Alice and Dorothy shared a common symptom several months after their surgeries. Alice remarked about eight months afterwards I had shooting pains in my left leg and noticed the implant scar turned bright red and hurt and lasted for about a week. Also around the same time I had a strong precognitive vision that later came true in exact detail. Dorothy added, Yes, I also noticed a strange reaction to my leg, an implant scar, and six months after the surgery, I felt shooting pain in my leg, especially at the implant site. The incision scar turned bright red for about a month. Could these changes in the individuals interviewed alter their views of the UFO phenomena after the fact? Pat admitted he was basically in denial about the UFO abduction phenomena previous to the surgery. And yet, Pat stated, it seems like the more one becomes aware of the fact, the more I realize I don't know anything, but I do sense that something is accelerating. Dorothy concurred with Pat in that she firmly believed the UFO phenomenon was all nonsense. Afterwards, Dorothy realized, I have been able to work through many issues in my life now that I am no longer in denial. Now I have a more practical and spiritual approach to life, and I am more concerned with helping others in a practical sense, not promoting some new age of metaphysical philosophy. Mary also admitted she had no interest or knowledge of the UFO abduction phenomena previously. Even now, Mary added, I have no real interest in the UFO topic, yet cannot deny there is something to it. Both Lucia and Alice had a good knowledge and belief in the UFO abduction field. Lucia stated that her views have not really changed. The best way I can describe it, Lucia explained, is that 
I have had a real powerful extreme source of highest of highs and lowest of lows. Alice admitted previously I have felt that aliens were possibly evil. Now, after the surgery and his life and my abductions continue, I think aliens have aliens just have a job to do. It's not a good job. I think they're just following orders. Now, that tells me she's under intense mind control. Because any reasonable person can see that the way these things are abducting people, it's, it's just inherently wrong. It's inherently evil. And for them to just say they had a job to do, that's the same thing that the guards and the executioners and the prison camps in Nazi Germany said. This is not an okay excuse. It goes on, it says, Many people in the, UF, in the UFO community have their head in the clouds and believe in overly benevolent, fanciful, spiritual philosophy. There is not enough critical analysis I have learned. I have learned more from one-on-one -on -one conversations and other abductees from the public lecture circuit. As to the U.S. government covering up the UFO facts from the general public, all individuals agree, Alice, conclu Alice concluded. Yes, especially the Roswell, New Mexico UFO incident. Most of the implantees describe noteworthy mental, physical, or health-related changes following their implant surgeries. Four of them reported a continuation of some type of alien abduction activity. The two women who had the biological type implants removed experienced strikingly similar post-surgical changes involving shooting pains and reddening of the incision area for a short period of time. The important thing to consider here is the whole clinical picture. Over-reliance on physical test results of the implants alone are not substantially enough to solve the implant mystery, let alone the question of the alien presence. If not, then what is? The lives and experiences of the abductees themselves tell us that we need to stop and listen. The answer lies somewhere in between science and the hearts of people. Remember this, the one thing that we have as an advantage over any alien entity, over any kind of artificial intelligence, is our emotional intelligence. And if whatever these things are can deaden, can stop that emotional intelligence, then they've got us. That's the most important lesson from this. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.